This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner, and you're tuned in to the Retirement Ready Show. It's great to have you. I'm joined by my buddy, Randy Winkler. How hey, you Tony. doing? I'm doing great. Yourself? Good, good. I know we have, uh, you know, folks that, well, fortunately, I'm so grateful. We have folks that tune in from all over the country, lots of different climates. But up here in the upper Midwest, we're kind of emerging from the snow and the blizzards and the cold. And we've had some pretty nice weather, 70s this week. Yeah, that's, I'd take that year-round. This is about as good as it gets around here. Yeah, it's quite beautiful. Yeah. And it's that fun time of year here in the Midwest where things are turning green and things are starting to park poke through and we're kind of rebloom and it's, it's fun yeah. spring and fall the, the change of seasons when you're going when you're heading up towards 70 and heading down towards 70 you know now we've got everything green then everything's very colorful and can't tell you i'm sure you've heard this too so many people that have retired down south and come back for the seasons because they miss it oh yeah. yeah yeah i love the change of season winter gets a little i don't even mind a winter it just gets a little bit long for yeah, me if we could chop out chop it off at the end of february and then yeah, you're done be perfect <laughs> be perfect you got, we want that white christmas usually. yeah yeah it's good stuff. A great topic this week. I think, Randy, when you think about retirement, you know, before that, you have the daily grind, the commute, the weekday schedule, and hopefully all those things finally go away once you retire. But when your free time begins, there are some things that go away. And one of the big ones is your paycheck, right? So mm-hmm. you have to figure out how am I going to fund my retirement? But the thing that doesn't go away for most of us is income taxes. And that's what I really want to focus in on today because there's a lot of great strategies. Of course, not going to have time to get to all of them, but a lot of great things that you can do. There's also some risks on the horizon we need to consider right now. But I think it's so easy right now this time of year to focus on the tax season. And that's kind of wrapping up and coming to an end. But I I think you've had the best analogy because it can get confusing, right? Some people confuse tax preparation with tax planning, and they are uniquely different. Right. Tax prep is, think of it as looking out the rear of your mirror. We're looking at uh, if you're just wrapping up now or just wrapped up recently, you're doing your 2022 taxes and saying, okay, what did we do? What happened last year? What last minute things can we fund to lower our tax bill? And that has to be done on a yearly basis. And everybody is required by law to do their taxes. You're not required to do tax planning. That's looking out the windshield. What's coming? Are we going to be in a lower tax environment in the future? Are we going to be in a higher tax environment in the future? Let's take advantage of that based on our situation. A lot of times people, when they, they move from their uh, working year to the retirement years, their, their income might drop. But it could also go up. You know, if you've got pensions and you have Social Security, or I can't tell you how often I've seen somebody, they retire, and their old company calls them back and it's like, hey, we can't live without you. Come back for three days a week and we'll pay you more than you were making when you were, when you were working. So your tax situation can be fluid and you have to have a tax plan to take advantage of that. You know, especially keeping in mind that they change, taxes change every year. You know, the brackets change with inflation adjustments. They make changes every couple of years to how things work. Just the couple, past couple of years, we've had the SECURE Act, the CARES Act, SECURE Act 2. Each one of them made changes that you have to adapt to. If you're geeky and like tax stuff, you know, knock yourself out, have fun reading that. But if you aren't interested but are concerned, you know, work with somebody who has the expertise and the tools and the team to uh, help with what you need to know, how to 
take that 6,000 pages of code that comes from the government that does, that's just a bunch of meaningless numbers to most people and say, okay, this is what it means for you. This is what we're, these are our opportunities. These are our threats. These are the things that we need to change because most likely taxes are going to be your largest expense in retirement. Certainly can be. And there's no, certainly nothing wrong with tax preparation. A lot of great accountants, CPAs, and that's really what you're hiring them to do, right? You're asking them to do a great job at my returns for last year, dot all the I's, cross all the T's, help me pay as little as possible for that current year. Um, but not all of those folks, you know, are doing tax planning. That's not necessarily what they're engaged to do. So finding that somewhere is important. And it's one of those critical steps we talk about, Randy, in a retirement ready roadmap. You know, so many advisors just focus on the investments, you know, kind of stock jockeys talking about what to buy, what to sell. Nothing wrong with it. I mean, there's some phenomenal ones around the country mm -hmm. that are going to do a really good job. But I think you have to ask yourself in retirement, do I have a portfolio or do I have a retirement plan? You know, that's a really important question. I would make the argument that if you have a plan, yes, investments are important. That should be addressed. You should have an income plan where you know exactly where your income is going to come from, from what account and what order and how long it's going to last. Simply changing the order can add five or 10 years to the longevity of your portfolio. A lot of people don't realize yeah, that. It can be dramatic. It makes a big difference, right? We need a plan for health care. Maybe you retire before Medicare age. We need to get to Medicare. There's a number of ways we can do that. Once you hit 65, we have to determine Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement, you know, parts A, B, C, D, all this alphabet soup we need to contend with. There's some later life health issues that we need to think about and plan for. So health care is really important what I call family planning, right? Health and wellness, continuity, but, you know, succession planning. You know, if we're projecting that something's going to be left, let's make sure it transfers in a form and a manner and with the least taxes as possible. And then today's topic, that forward-looking tax planning. And I think so many people already take us up, and we can do in-person or virtual appointments, complimentary. And so many people take us up on that. And probably if you, you really put me in a corner and say, what's the number one thing you see missing from most plans? It's forward-looking tax planning. All right. We very rarely see that. And I think it's because a lot of the advisory firms that are doing a great job of investing, investments, they're kind of scared by the taxes. It's pretty complicated. You need to really commit. You don't just, ah, we kind of do tax planning. You don't do that. You either are all in or you're all out. So if you're in, it's a commitment. There's software that you need. There's things that you have to read. There's ongoing training that you have to do to stay on top of it because you don't want to make mistakes there because there's some built-in complicated landmines that you know, we want to be aware of and avoid. Yeah, you definitely want to do it right. But you know this notion that tax planning is just for people with hundreds of millions or billions of dollars is just not true. You know, there's a lot of great tax strategies for all of us, everyday, hardworking, middle of America folks, you know, that that we can take advantage of. And it's not uncommon for us to meet with the family, implement some tax plans and save them six figures, over one hundred thousand dollars and save taxes over their decades and decades in retirement. And that's really important. And probably, Randy, one of the simplest ones, but probably one of the risks that a lot of people aren't aware of. You know, if you're married, it's what I call a ticking tax time bomb, and it's a big threat to a lot of married couples. Yeah, that's a, that's a really scary one, and I, I always get the, the look in the eyes from people, and I remember we were at a seminar not that long ago, and you brought this up, and I was kind of in the back after introducing you, and there's a few people elbowing each other, hey, did we take that into account? You know, it, it, it's a, a little bit of a... Uh, oh, eye-opening experience to be to come to face to face with this but when you're married filing jointly you've got bigger brackets 
And when you're uh, a widow or a widower, you're filing single, the brackets are cut in half. So when the first one passes, you're going to be, you're, you've heard of the widow's tax or the ticking time bomb. You no longer have that flexibility. You have a smaller tax bracket. So if, if one of you dies, you're, the smaller of the two social securities, if you're on social security, goes away. But the required minimum distribution does not go away. So if one of the spouses died who had a required minimum distribution, that continues on even after them. So your income, even though you might have a little less income coming in, there's a very good chance you're going to be in a higher tax bracket. In some cases, it could be twice as big. So the problem is if you wait and you don't know and nobody wants to think about death or you know when that's going to happen, if you wait, there's nothing you can do about it. While you're both alive and healthy, you can take a look at it and say, hey, you know what, let's try to get as much out of this pre-tax accounts and into our after-tax or our, or our tax-free account, choosing the bracket that we want to be in, knowing that those brackets are going to change, not only on a yearly basis, but change massively after the first death. And in January 2026, when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act from 2017 uh, sunsets. So all of those things need to be taken into account. Really need to be taken into account. And when you think about that change in your example from the 12 to 22% bracket, uh, doing a quick math, but it's about an 83% increase. It's massive, right? And, and think about that widow, he or she now on paper actually has less income from two reasons. One, they've lost one of the two social securities, right? Because you're going to lose a smaller one when the first spouse passes. But now more is going to Uncle Sam, so they're left with more or excuse me, less spendable money. And that can really have an impact if not planned for, but solvable, you know, but just can't solve it once that first spouse is passed, unfortunately. We have to work on that ahead of time, and it is something that you can definitely kind of plan and solve for. Randy, I know another hot topic right now when it comes to tax strategies, tax savings, especially you consider this 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, as you mentioned, is going to expire at the end of 2025. So rates we know are going up, and that's not even accounting for the fact if they go up more, right? If you really want to scare yourself, go to usdebtclock.org, and you can see our massive mounting debt. Um, that really, the balance, the Fed's balance sheet got a lot bigger when we bailed, or I guess I'm not supposed to call it a bailout, <laughs> but when we bailed out the regional banks, right? Um, and, and you just have to wonder, how's that going to get paid, right? And you listen to the feds, and they told us, you know, inflation was going to be transitory. It's going to be temporary. Don't worry about it. Don't look behind the curtain. And we, you know, found out that wasn't true. And, you know, at some point, this debt has to be dealt with. Otherwise, we're all going to be millionaires in retirement, and we're not going to be able to buy anything, mm -hmm. right? Because inflation will just continue to run. But when you think about these low rates that we're in today, historically low rates, um, you know, there are some opportunity for some people to consider Roth conversions. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, definitely. So this, this is an opportunity that's going away relatively soon. We, in fact, I've had some very 
disappointed conversations with people when they said, oh, we can still do a conversion for 2022. Like, no, you can still do a contribution for 2022 up until the tax deadline, which I believe is April 18th this year. But you can't do a contribute. You can't do a conversion other than in the year that you want to do it. So that that opportunity is lost for 2022. But we still have the opportunity to do conversions for 23, 24 and 25 and 26. The brackets have changed. So taking advantage of those three years to take a look at it and say, OK, the 12 percent brackets going to the 15, the 22 is going to become 25. 24 is becoming 28. Where are we going to be in the future? You know, nobody wants to pay taxes, but you're definitely going to pay them. But I know, as you said, you want to pay the mandatory taxes or the optional taxes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You get a choice. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely get a choice. I got a good one for you this week, Randy. Okay. I was fortunate. Me and the kids got a little spring break, and we got to go to the ocean and kind of taste nice. that salt in the air, which was great. But what did the ocean say to the beach? What did the ocean say to the beach? I can think of some answers, but probably nothing I can say on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. It just waved. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Pretty good, right? That's good. That's, that's a good. good one. I like it. That's a good one. I'm glad I control the soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always get a laugh. But yeah, this tax planning is so important, and it really is critical. And important note, too, this month, Randy, is Financial Literacy Month. Yeah, that this, I was commenting earlier when I was having a conversation with somebody that I'm glad that they didn't give us February as the, cause it's a, it's a, it's, we need a, the full month, uh, because financial literacy is so important and so few people have it. Uh, in fact, I used to, I used to joke with people cause I would hear very commonly where people would say, Oh, I'm really stupid when it comes to money. I would push away from the table and say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And they would get this shocked look on their face. I'm, <laughs> I'm like ignorance. I can help stupidity. I can't do anything about but I would also joke that if you are ignorant and choose to remain there, that's stupid, especially as something as important as your money. It, it can be intimidating because there's so much out there, but to, to go out there and look into it, and if you're not interested, find somebody who is, because there's some people that are very passionate and very interested in this kind of stuff. But some of the statistics, some of the statistics, I can't gonna say, say that, that quick five times. I can't say it at all. <laughs> you know, some of the numbers um, are kind of scary. So here's some five facts about financial literacy. So in the U.S., about one out of every five students lacks basic skills of financial literacy. And just think about that. If you make some, as most people do, make some financial blunders in their 20s, you could be paying for that for you know, 20, 30, 40 years before you can dig out of that hole. That again, they weren't made because these were bad people. They just made some bad choices because they didn't know better. Um, they said 29% of working women showed a basic showed basic financial literacy skills compared to 47% of working men. 54% uh, of student loan holders didn't know about future monthly payments before taking out their loans. I think that's a huge one. We talk about return on investment. We're not going to make an investment in a in a uh, stock portfolio or a business or a, or a, some real estate if we don't know what we expect our return on investment to be. That's we kind of have to take a look at that from an educational standpoint too. If you're going to be paying half a million dollars for an education where you're going to earn fifty thousand dollars, you're going to have a hard time getting any return on that investment because you're going to be having all your income going towards paying off those student loans. Yeah, that's really, I mean, it, it's one of those massive things. And I know it's a really retirement topic, but it's maybe a pet peeve of mine. You know, you think about these young kids and they don't have financial literacy, right? I mean, unless they're fortunate enough to have a parent that really sat them down, but most don't. They don't teach it in school. 
So imagine, you know, essentially a teenager is thinking about entering college or signing this massive contract where they're going to, you know, you know, sometimes multiple six figures. I know you talk a little bit about thinking about your college education as an ROI and, and not, you know, not doing that, I think, can be very detrimental. And you really have people signing something that they don't even realize what they're signing. Yeah. And they're unfortunately getting a very painful education that starts even before that they, they start college. You know, as soon as you get to college, they're handing out the credit cards because those credit card companies are very happy to get a ignorant consumer that they're going to have as a client for life. And when you start doing the math on some of those, you know, 24% interest, ouch. You know, I, I have a family member who will remain nameless that used to be known for, hey, I, I bought this on sale. You know, it was, it was, it was you know, 15% <laughs> off. How'd you, how'd you pay for it? Oh, I put it on my credit card that has 24% interest. I'm yeah. like, yeah, the math isn't working out there. <laughs> yeah, the credit cards are nasty. I had a funny story. My oldest is now 19, but when she was a little girl, I'm probably four years old. We were at one of the you know big stores, and like most little kids, she wanted a toy or a stuffed animal or something. And my my financial planner hat came on, and my eyes got big, and I thought, learning opportunity, right? So I'm explaining to her, we don't always get what we want, and you have to save for it and think about the future and all this stuff. A four year old probably has no understanding of what I'm saying, but I think I'm crushing the dad role, right? Mm -hmm. And then we get up to the register, and she said, but, Daddy, if we don't have the money, just, you know, do the thing. And she makes the hand gesture like swiping a credit card. And it dawned on me. It's one of those things you don't think about. I use the credit card each month for convenience. I like to get the points and the cash back, but I pay it off every month. I stay within my budget. But I had never explained that to the kids. So all they saw me was swiping, swiping, yeah. swiping, and they didn't have a sense that that's tied to real money and you know, so I realized, okay, I'm not super dad and I got some work to do here. <laughs> you reminded me of a financial education story when I was, I thought I'm going to teach my nieces from the time they're born about money and you just look for your moments. And there was a the company, this was over 20 years ago. Now they put out something called a financial fairy tale. It retold the story of the three little pigs Oh wow. as spending pig, saving pig and sharing pig. And then the big bad wolf was an evil real estate developer. So, it, but it was it was a kid's story to teach about money concepts. So I got a three year old on one knee, I got a five year old on the other knee, and we're talking about you know these things. And it's what's the difference between a want and a need? Oh, I really want this toy. I'm like, you need it? No, I don't need it. At that exact moment, my sister walks in and it's like, oh, you're teaching the kids about money. That's fantastic. And then she starts talking about, yeah, we got new carpeting. But then we noticed that the uh, that the, uh, the couch didn't match. So we had to get a new couch. And now that I look at it, I see the couch doesn't match the drapes. We really need new drapes. And my niece goes, Mommy, do you want new drapes or do you need ah! new drapes? And my sister gets this look on her face like, I never thought of it that way. And I'm like, yes, the kids are teaching the adults. It's like they were spending time with Uncle Randy yeah, again. Yeah, so I, I, now they're uh, they're in their upper 20s and they're putting into place some of the things that they learned. And there's a few things that I missed that uh, we get some challenges now. But uh, uh, it's it's I think when you can find those moments to kind of. You know, cause, because it's one of the, they say it's the last taboo. You can talk about anything, but you don't talk about money at the right. dining room table if people right. even eat together anymore. But 
when do you find those moments to to plant the wisdom you've gained into that next generation? Well, and again, you know, reality is in our education system. They're not going to get it anywhere else. Yeah. In right. fact, to continue with those numbers, um, even only 20% of adults have participated in any kind of financial wow. education. Wow. Very small. It seems kind of strange to us because we're required to have continuing education, which is very time consuming over the years. But it's good because it's keeping us on top of all of these things that change. And then the last thing of our financial literacy uh, numbers is women save 68 cents against every dollar that men save for retirement. So good, good savers. Um, good savers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough topic to learn. And taxes, it's difficult to understand. But, you know, I think whether you think about financial literacy or tax saving, something that's really important to do. And if, it's, if you say, boy, I just feel like that's okay. You're in a majority if you feel lost, and that's where a great fiduciary financial planner can help you. I think today's federal income tax rates might be the lowest that we'll ever see for the rest of our life after taxes went down with the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. But we know those rates expire in 2026. It's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when taxes go up. They're going up for sure January 26th, if not sooner. I bet just about everyone listening has a few areas where they can become a little bit more tax efficient with their retirement accounts. We want to help you understand the potential impact taxes can have on retirement. We want to teach you ways to reduce or possibly eliminate taxes in retirement and create an income strategy so your income lasts as long as you need it to. That's really what we do. That's a complimentary process with us. If you want to connect, we can set up that complimentary consultation. We'll talk about some of the strategies that could help you reduce your taxes down the road. This can mean tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars back in your pocket to spend the way that you want to spend it. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Show. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.